So I was on a girls' trip this weekend right. to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Saw a great independent bookstore there, Rainy Day Books. Shout out, they were awesome. Um, but when you hang out with your friends, you cover a wide range of topics. Absolutely. So we we began to talk about Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. We're a group of women. Right. It's natural. Ryan Gosling, conventionally or unconventionally handsome? See, before you asked the question, I would have said conventionally, but now I'm like, oh, but is it unconventional? Okay, that's what we were talking about because he's kind of crooked. He's right. Kinda, he's kind of uh, like deep eyed, which like yes. that's not unconventional. That's something. Well, he's blonde, so I know you don't find him attractive. Oh no, I find him extremely you do? attractive. <laughs> yeah. So th- he's like totally off brand for you. <laughs> no, because yes. you're all you're all dark hair, and I'm that's all you just like. Thinking about it, it's bad. Um, but. Here's the thing. So I saw Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I can't look at Chris Pine in the face. Oh, Chris Pine's eyes make him weird looking. <laughs> They're scary. Okay, but people find him, women find him, maybe men too, find him extremely attractive. And my girlfriends and I were talking, and the consensus was, tell me mm-hmm. if you agree, that he is probably symmetrical. Yeah. I think he looks like a Ken doll. Yeah, he does. But, but I think maybe people who are drawn to symmetrically beautiful people mm-hmm. find him attractive. I don't find him find him attractive. Give me Ryan Gosling, Luke Wilson, like weird looking people mm-hmm. any day of the week. I find that more attractive. And I think we are like and I'm going to I'm going to say thank you to culture for this on my behalf. Um we are in the age of the unconventionally handsome. Yeah. We're a, a world where like Benedict Cumberbatch or Tom Hiddleston can right. like grace a magazine cover right. and I'm like <laughs> yes, well thank you. <laughs> I will I will revel in this for the five years that this is gonna happen, but like yeah. Like let's 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 revel in this while we have it. Yeah, I don't I don't find Tom Hiddleston attractive. However, However there's a new picture out of Steve Carell. Yes, I saw it. <laughs> and I think the comment that I saw was Silver Fox? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to episode 125 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and it's the first week of school. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. June is over. Praise the Lord. June. Uh, it's officially summer, which we talked about last week. Yes. It's hot. Hot as you know what. As- <laughs> something hot as something here in the south um i walked outside a lot today yes because you're in, back in because I, I started teaching again this morning and oof. i don't even know how you put on pants it's not easy no. i'm wearing shorts right now and it might be the first time you've ever seen me in shorts one other time one other time i mark them in the calendar okay yeah <laughs> chris wore shorts today i did that in college for a full semester because I took this one professor for two classes. Uh-huh. So I had him five days a week. And on by week two, I was like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I like made a chart of everything he wore for a whole semester. Of course you did. And so I did. Well, that was, that was a great use of your time. It really was. <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, so June for me was not the best month, and as a result, not a great reading month. Mm -hmm. And someday it might be a fun podcast episode. I had a friend ask me, during seasons of overwhelm and stress, do you read more or less, or how do your reading habits change? And I think that'd be a great 
topic because my reading habits change significantly mm-hmm. when I'm stressed or overwhelmed. Um, mostly they disappear. Yeah. Netflix becomes my friend. Yeah. Um, which I get. And this month was so busy for me Yeah. in a different way where I was traveling a lot. Yes. And I had this third job that I picked up that was such a mistake and consumed like the last three weeks of my life. Yeah. And I got paid for it. Yeah. And it's Is over. It done now? It's done. All right. You it's did done, it. Done. That's all that but, matters. Like, I, um, I sent the last things to the person who was supervising me and she like just did not respond. Oh. Like not a thanks for what you got finished. Cause I didn't finish the three things that I was supposed to do. I right. finished one and a half of them because the first one took me so long. Right. Oh gosh. And it was just nothing. All right. Well, but now you know not to do that again. Not going to do that <laughs> Lesson again. Lesson learned. Uh, so I read one book. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I don't know how many I read. I think six ish maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, the good news is I think I read mostly really great books. So I'm excited to talk about them. Awesome. Oh, so let's start in uh, with a with the aptly named The End We Start From. Oh, how perfect. Um, so The End We Start From, I read as an ARC. It does mm-hmm. not come out until November. I feel like I do get a lot of flack. But here's what you have to understand about the bookselling world. I really have to read about three to six months ahead. You have to be six months um, ahead, yeah. So that is where I'm coming from. So when people see me post on Instagram and wonder why can't she post about something out right now that I can go buy? Yes, I agree, <laughs> but I have to. Yep. I have to read ahead. So The End We Start From is by Megan Hunter. I believe it's a debut novel. It is super thin. Like, I think you or I might call it more of a novella. Mm-hmm. And the format also just read like a novella. And the cover is striking. It's beautiful. Yeah. The ARC cover is going to be slightly different oh, okay. from the final cover. But the final cover still has this like dripping world kind mm-hmm. of thing. And there's... Anyway, it's really cool if you look it up. It's really beautiful. Um, but it is about a woman who gives birth to a son right after... Um, this catastrophic flood hits London and I'm kind of under the impression it's like one of those, I mean, it read very Mm post-apocalyptic. So like this was a devastating, but I can't tell if it covered the whole earth or if it was just this awful, awful London flood that kind Uh of, kind of changed people's lives. Um, we never know the woman's name. So that's another reason it felt like a novella. It felt very otherworldly to me. Like we never learned the woman's name. The characters are called by their first initial um it's totally outside my genre right but i read it because i thought the cover was super striking and and, short and it was short so it felt like okay i can read this and just see if i like it and that's what i did one night before bed i had finished another book and i was like i'll just start this one well then you start it and you you really finish it in an hour um it was really i think i say beautifully written too much but i don't know how else to say it was just really striking um because of the abbreviated nature of the story, every sentence mattered. Yeah. Like, every sentence counted. Like, there was no fluff. Um, you would you would love this book. Um, and I just kept thinking of you because it's kind of a mother-son story. Yeah. But, um, because she's trying to be a new mom and make the right decisions for her child in the middle of absolute chaos. Um, the language reminded me of um, Jenny Ovel's Department of Speculation. Okay, yeah. And it's blurbed by Emily St. John Mandel, and you and I kind of right. roll our eyes at all that, but it is, to me, comparable to Station Eleven just because of its kind of right. end of world, or or maybe not even end of world, but how do we handle a, a different kind of yeah. world. Yeah. 
And let's also be clear, we love Station Oh, Eleven. yeah. Let's be clear. Still, I, I still have all the hype and praise for that book. It's just the comp title for every, like, kind of weird, kind of sci-fi, kind of dystopian literary novel that's come out the past the three past, years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is excellent. It's super different for me. Um, and I will say that Hunter mm-hmm. read it, and he liked it, but he told me, he was like, I think I was in the wrong headspace for this, uh-huh. because it is, I mean, it is heavy, um, and I think you probably would have to be in the right mindset. I picked it up on a whim and read it like, and finished and with like tears in my eyes and Jordan was like, what is going on? I was like, well, I just finished this book that I just started and it was so good. Um, yeah, if it's really short, give it to me and I can, I'll read it. Yeah. You would like it. Um, and I think, so I gave away a copy, I think, um, but I got, I have mine, so I'll give it to you. Um, it's really good. So, The End We Start From by Megan Hunter comes out in November, and stay tuned because our Book of the Month Club stuff is going to kind of yes. change, and I think it's going to be one of my selections. It'll be maybe your November, yeah. December pick, one yeah. of those. Awesome. Uh, then let's talk about Almost Sisters. Okay, I've talked about this one a little bit. This is mm-hmm. the new Jocelyn Jackson right. book. It comes out July 11th, mm-hmm. so we're super close. Um, I love her. She's a great Southern, funny... Um, but really, really talented writer about the South. I think her best book is Gods in Alabama. Mm-hmm. I also loved, um, I think it was called, Oh, Between the Saints or something like that. Those were my favorites. Her la- latest couple have been fine, but not my favorites. I just love when she writes really well and deeply about these characters in the South. And this new book, Almost Sisters, is excellent like i read bits and pieces out loud to anybody who would listen to me um there's there are just a couple of scenes that are laugh out loud funny um what i loved is weirdly it makes an interesting uh counterpart or or companion with wonder woman oh okay okay because and and i that's kind of loose but the main character of almost sisters is a graphic novelist Mm -hmm. and a comic book writer i remember reading that and so which i thought was such a fun world to read about and Mm -hmm. to explore a little bit and i'm super glad i already was kind of familiar with it so thank you um (laughs) because otherwise i would have been going in blind and i think Annie of a couple years ago would have been like, not for me because I don't read graphic novels, Mm -hmm. so this character is going to be lost on me. That's not true. So if you don't read graphic novels or don't read comic books, that won't matter. Um, That's just what the main character's occupation is. And all throughout the book, you're seeing her write her next graphic novel, comic book character. Mm -hmm. Um, It is smart and funny uh, and sad in parts. Um, so this young woman returns to this Alabama uh, town where her um, grandmother is kind of going through some really serious health issues and it's affecting her. And then a family secret comes to life. Like it takes a couple of twists and turns mm-hmm. that you don't really see coming. And then she is also really honest about race in the South Good. and the new South and and that there are still bits of the old South that peek through in the new South. Right. And I just love a writer who paints the South with all its flaws, but still acknowledges that this is a part of the country which is just filled with interesting characters and quirky stories. And Almost Sisters is perfect summertime reading. Perfect. Um, it's 
like I said, it's well written, so it's not complete fluff, but you'll start it. And I had trouble putting it down. It's excellent. That's great. Can't talk. Um, it more made about a. It. I want to say it made Publishers Weekly most anticipated books of the summer. I think it did. Uh, which is always exciting and well deserved. Good. Um, this is this is her best book in years, I think. So. Excellent. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah, the cover makes no sense. Yeah, I would just like to say, yeah, somebody else who has read this, maybe I will contact Modern Mrs. Darcy. I do not understand the cover of this book. At all. <laughs> so I'll have to pick that bone with somebody. Have at it. Let us let us know what you think <laughs> yeah. of the cover. Yeah. Um, how about heating and cooling? This book is by Southern Writer as well. Her name is Beth Ann Finley. She people will recognize her from a book called Great with Child, which I have mm. not read yet, but it gets rave reviews for women who don't typically read a lot of baby books. So that turn of phrase is always so weird to me just because great, great with, child. with child means something completely different than great with children. Oh, yes. And it's like the only turn of phrase I can think of in English that does that. I feel like we've talked about <laughs> I that I think before. we have. I talk about it a lot. And that is funny. So this, Great with Child apparently is a really wonderful book to give a mom who doesn't really want to dive into um, what to expect when you're expecting mm-hmm. or gets overwhelmed by baby advice. Right. So anyway, she wrote that. Her new book is like this collection. It's called something. You would probably know it. You're more familiar with these types of terms than I am. But it's almost like flash nonfiction. Like, it's just quick uh-huh. little essays. Some of them are poem type. Sometimes they call that crots, where okay. it's like just little snapshots, one-page things. That's what this is. Yeah. I mean, and some of them are a few pages. To me, the closest comp was B.J. Novak's okay, um, yeah. book, which was fiction. Mm-hmm. But to me, like, he had some short stories that were a sentence long, some that were a couple of pages long. That's what this is, Heating and Cooling, except it is her memoir. And so there's a lot about being a wife and mother but there's also really great stuff just a look at her parents and at aging she just tells funny stories but there's no it's not linear um you I have a feeling something tragic happened to her sister and Mm. so you kind of see that but it is you just get a really great look at how talented she is because all of these are kind of written in different formats and it's unlike it's unlike almost anything I've ever read it also is super short Mm -hmm. it's like I mean one of those that I think I finished in a couple of sittings it's very thin it is so original Mm. I think that I I just fell in love with it I It'll be interesting to see who I can hand sell it to right because it is not particular yeah it is not typical but I feel like most people who pick it up will be glad that they did, even if it's outside what they normally read. Yeah, and that's that's exciting, too. It is exciting. Right? I can't wait to sell it. It's not on sale yet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As I raise a finger in the air, it is not on sale yet, and I cannot remember the for sale date, on sale date, but it is a yeah. fall. And it's I'll, a fall I'll title. I'll have it in the show notes for sure. Okay. Um, the next one is also not out yet. It's the new Celeste Ng, I believe, Little Fires Everywhere. Chris. Wait, did you read everything I never told you? No, but my mom just bought it, remember? Yes. Um, this ARC came in, I think, two weeks ago on a day when I was working alone in the store, and I was like, I know Annie wants this. Thank you. And so I put it on your desk. Thank you, because if you had taken it, I would have been so upset. I would not have taken it, because I knew you wanted it. <laughs> Um, because I've been begging for this ARC because all these other booksellers who I follow on Instagram all have read it already and I loved everything I never told Mm -hmm. you and my customers loved it. I mean, our customers loved that book. I think a couple of different book clubs in Thomasville read it. 
if your book club hasn't read it, it's excellent. So if you're listening to this and your book club has not read everything I never told you, go ahead and snag that one. Little Fires Everywhere comes out in September. Mm -hmm. I took it on my trip to Kansas City. I started it on the plane, read it through two flights, was in complete... She is a masterful Mm. storyteller. I can't... Like... I can't get over this book. That's so good. It's so good. And then I, like, I had this wonderful girls weekend and many times I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this instead of reading that book. Like, <laughs> like, like many times I was thinking, mm, you guys go into this store and I'm going to just I'm gonna finish. i read this book on this bench outside. Because I just had like a couple chapters left uh-huh. after the, after my last flight there. So I finished it on the flight back and it was this moment of. So when I finish a really good book, um, I'm talking like Gilead, Station Eleven, like one of my favorite books of the past decade, mm-hmm. I always have this moment, like I don't even know how to describe it. It's not where I'm tearful, but kind of. like. And I kept telling myself, don't cry on this plane, don't cry on this plane. But it wasn't that I was crying because it was sad, it was just I finished it and felt this immense sense of I had just read somebody really talented. Right. Like I had just read something really really good um it's a dysfunctional family story Mm -hmm. um but there are many different stories kind of woven throughout this novel um but it is set in shaker heights ohio Mm -hmm. have you heard of that yes it's outside cleveland which is where many of my friends for whatever reason lived before they came to tallahassee (laughs) so celeste ng also lived in shaker heights also um what's his name ted mosby that actor Oh, he is from there? Mm -hmm. So what I would be curious about is how based in reality this novel is. But apparently, according to this novel, Shaker Heights was like set up as this idealistic community. And so many of the families who live there have lived there for generations or, you know, they've... They've made a purposeful decision to live in this carefully planned community. Mm -hmm. And and the family at the center of this novel, the mother in particular, she's not a very likable character but she's extremely well-written and well-constructed. She just loves rules and regulations, and so she loves raising her family in this in this community that lo- also loves rules and regulations. And then, of course, cracks in those uh, start to come to light. I just can't get over this book. It's so good. I think it's better than everything I never told nice. you. Nice. Yeah. It's oh, so it's so good. good. To have a good follow-up. I know. It's I know. It's not a sophomore slump. I can't tell you how relieved <laughs> I am. Because I thought, what if I read this and I hate it? I didn't. It's so good. Oh, so good. Top of the year? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. That's so good. Um, then here's one that I have not finished yet, but I have been reading into Theft by Finding, David yes. Sedaris. Yes. So I put this on the list because I'm at the very last, like, ten pages, yeah. so I'm going to read it. Um, but it, you and I have talked about it at length. This is maybe different from some of David Sedaris's essay collections, yeah. but you really get a glimpse at his genius, yeah. um, Just and you get to kind of watch his story unfold. And I I didn't know if I would love just reading somebody's diary, diary entries, but oh, how wrong I was. Yeah. It's so good. Both times I've seen him read, he's just brought out his diary and read some entries yeah. like to conclude his reading. I totally forgot about that, um, but you're right. And I so I knew what yeah. I was getting into a little bit, but but to even go back to nineteen seventy seven, this is a long time ago. Yes. This is before he's really David Sedaris, yes. right? He's in process. And I think well, that's what both of us like about yeah this book. It's seeing something kind of half formed that you know is going to be brilliant. Yeah. And seeing the little flashes of insight and brilliance along the way. Yeah. I really think that's what I love about this book because the back half has been phenomenal to mm-hmm. get to kind of see him become, like right. you said, David Sedaris. 
But um, the last couple of years are mostly like in Paris. And some of that, if you listen to his NPR stories, you kind of heard a lot mm-hmm. of that. But the first half of the book, these are stories I don't think he's told as much. Right. And so just to see kind of where he came from and, and what he struggled with. I, yeah. I, I found it completely mesmerizing despite his intention for it not to be mesmerizing. Right. Like he said, don't read it in one sitting. And I certainly didn't. It's, it's large. It's very long. Um, yeah. But I find myself, I want to keep reading yeah. even though it's just, it's just diary entries. Agreed. And I think the, the fact that most of them are so short lends itself to that. Yes. You could just like read a couple and put it down and that's easy to do. But for me, it's like, oh, it's only one more. It's only one more. Exactly. It's only one more. Yeah. And I just keep going. That's it, me too. The first hundred pages is just him kind of hitchhiking. Yes. And living in like friends' apartments. Uh, it's very sad. Yes. But then he has these flashes of, of like... Well, this weird thing happened, and let me talk about it for a minute, because I think this is funny. He gives, he'll, like, tell this really, almost, really sobering yeah. story, and then he'll end it with a punch, where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, there you are. Like, oh, there's David, David. Sedaris. Yeah. Um, and Ashley, st- mm-hmm. who is on staff at the bookshelf, she's listening to right. this one, and is also having a really great listening experience, yeah. because he's David Sedaris. No, and I, when I saw that it, the audiobook was read by him, and it was on Libro FM, I was very excited. Yeah. And I texted everybody, like, hey guys, just so you know, the yes, David Sedaris audiobook is on Libro FM. Yeah. Um, but I am reading it slowly. I'm, I'm t- really taking my time with it, reading just a few yeah. at a time. And it, you can. You can, but it, it is hard for me to do sometimes. Yeah. I have to, like, remind myself to put it down. Yeah. Uh, really good. I, so I love good. it. I hope he comes around here again. I know. He was in um, Athens recently, but I, while I was in Kansas City, I saw that he was coming in November, and I was like, can mm-hmm. I take a flight back out here? Would that be would oh, that be ridiculous that okay? in November? Probably. Probably. He was in Jacksonville a couple years ago, and then six months later, he was actually in Tallahassee. That's where I saw him. And it was like, I just paid a lot of money to go to Jacksonville to see him, and now he's coming. <laughs> coming here, coming right up the to, street. Yeah, it would be where, the, the building behind where my office. Where you work, yeah. yeah. about 100 yards from my office. Uh, so, yeah, it was fine. He's great. He's great. I'm glad I saw him twice. All right, last one. Uh, the Story of a New Name. This is what I'm reading right now. I just wanted to shout out, so this is part of the Neapolitan novels. Oh, okay. So while I was in Kansas City, I knew I was going to finish Little Fires Everywhere by mm-hmm. Celeste Ng, and so I thought, okay, I'm allowing myself to buy one book mm-hmm. while I'm out here. I try to support independent bookstores. Always. And it was between The Handmaid's Tale and this new this second book in the Neapolitan novels. And weirdly... So I have heard this about these books. So these are by yes, and these are by Elena Ferrante. But a lot of people write loved them, loved the whole series, read the whole series back to back to back to back. I think there are four of them. Um, I didn't, and I finished the first one and really felt pretty ambivalent Mm -hmm. about continuing. Um, But that was what six months ago. Just about yeah. I really did a whole episode about it. Yeah, I don't know how long ago that was. I'll look it up. But weirdly, while at this bookstore. That book, like, I saw that series, and I was like, I think I'm ready. And I got on the plane. Like, I anticipated with such joy getting to be on the plane, finishing the Celeste Ng book, and then reading this new Neapolitan novel, and it moves along at a much faster pace, Mm. despite being a much thicker book than book one. It is. But I am really enjoying it. Good. And so I think these novels are just an example of Read them when you want to read them. Mm. I think if you read them as a chore, like reading them because everybody else is reading them, or like I do, reading it for work so you can talk about it, like I'm not sure they're as effective. But I'm glad I read the first one because now I feel really excited 
weirdly to read the second one and I'm I had no trouble getting back into the rhythm of the book mm -hmm. which to me that means you're doing a pretty good job as an author if you can make me it's been six months since I read the first one right there's enough um, introduction given at the beginning of the novel to kind of remind me who the characters are mm -hmm. and I just dove back in no problem and I'm thoroughly enjoying it so I just wanted to mention it because I feel like we have a lot of listeners who loved the Elena Ferrante books or they were like me and they just kind of felt mm, they were fine right um, you know, I don't know that I'm going to rave about them as much as I've heard other people rave about them, but I think I'm finally starting to see the genius, I guess. Um, I thought the first one read like classic literature. I think the second one does too, but I, I just thought I wouldn't finish out the series and now I think, oh, maybe I will. Well, yeah. That's your own pace. Yeah, exactly. And I love, somebody told me this, that like they read them months apart and I thought, okay, so I don't think I'm the only person to discover no. that you don't necessarily need to read them all four in a row. Right. Because they're... They That's would not be how a, they were released. I was about to say, it would be a lot to binge those books. Yeah. I, I think, think... Man, I think our binge culture has made it's us... messed us has up. Has made us forget that that's not the way things actually get happen. Oh, it's messed us up so much. Me especially. I'm a... I have a binging problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think about all my, like, adult friends who have read Harry Potter for the first time, and I'm like, you don't know the struggle yeah. of having to wait two and a half years between books every time. Yeah. Happy 20th release date, yes. by the way. By the way, years. we're recording this on June 26th, which is the 20th anniversary of the UK release of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. I'm going to celebrate next year. The 21st, when it's legal yeah. you're old enough to drink. <laughs> well, I'm we'll take Harry Potter <laughs> out, out for, to the bar. Out for a beer. Um, no, because I was so excited to like text my dad and tell him, like, happy 20th anniversary. But it, it didn't come here yet. Right. So we I'm going to wait. for a little bit. I'm going to wait. So it was 97 then? Yeah. I think I got it in 98. Yeah, I think so. I read it, thanks to my father, pretty immediately. God, those books. They're pretty great. Those are genius. And they've aged really well oh, in 20 years. Um, what about you? Did you read anything this I month? did. I talked about it a little bit last week, but I read Marriage of a Thousand Lies by S.J. Sindhu. Yes. Um, we had her in the store a couple months ago for her chapbook release, um, but her new book just came out two weeks ago. It's a novel um, captivating. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, I loved it from start to finish, but the man, the end was a, was a big old punch in the gut for like 50 pages. Really? Just like, <laughs> like, like it felt like a punching bag or like a, a scene, is it in Rocky where they're training him by making him like punch other people in the gut? I don't even remember. It's been a long time since I've seen Rocky, but like, I felt like, like that. Oh, that's... Um, which was, it was artistically satisfying. Right. This is, by no means a feel-good novel. Okay. Um, which I don't think anybody would think going I into I don't it. think you'd anticipate that. No. no. Um, it's literary. I wouldn't even say it's dark, but it's it's sad. It's deeply human. Okay. Um, every character is very flawed. You're not going into this because you really love any of the characters. Mm -hmm. I think you sympathize. Mm -hmm. um, you really relate to them. Um, but it's, it's a story of a Sri Lankan woman, a Sri Lankan-American woman named Lucky, um, whose parents came from Sri Lanka um, in the midst of the beginning of their civil war. Um, and she's a lesbian. And in college, her parents found out about this and were going to like cut her off and kick her out and all kinds of things. Um, and so she agreed to kind of a sham marriage with her gay friend, gay okay. male friend, um, Chris. And they 
get married and have this kind of sham life for five years, and that's when the novel picks up. That's right. You told me that um, you had thought it might be about their early years. Um, and we get some flashback of that, yeah. but like the bulk of the novel is about five years later, Lucky's grandmother is sick, and so she's moved back home, and everybody's like, where's your husband? Where's your husband? And she reconnects with kind of with this girl from her past, okay. who has also just agreed to get married. Um, but then they have this kind of tragic romance yeah. um, throughout, and it is... It is very well wrought. And I mean, I, I'm saying this one because Sindhu is my friend, but also objectively, it's very well written. Yeah. Um, I, I had a hard time putting it down. Okay. And the last hundred pages were just so quick and sad and cold. And, okay. And I was really satisfied with the ending. Okay. Oh, do, should I read this one? Uh, I think you'd like it, yeah. And okay. it would be quick. Okay. It's, I think it's about 300 pages. Like, it's not very long. Okay. Maybe I'll try it, because you have raved about it. Yeah, and I, like, Hunter was the first person who came to mind, because yeah. I think it's this kind of story he likes. Yeah. But I think we've talked recently about how not every book with gay characters has to have AIDS in it. Right. Um, and this is a great example of that. Okay, um, good. <laughs> I mean, I think it might be different because it's, it's about women, mm -hmm. specifically, but, like, that's not even... Okay. A part of the story. Yeah. Um, nobody's... Good, we can do better. Nobody's dying. We can do better. We can yeah. represent these people yeah. as, as people. Right. <laughs> and not just metaphors, right? Yeah. Um, very, very, very good. I highly recommend it. Oh, awesome. Um, I feel like we just gave really all good reviews. All good reviews, yeah. I can't believe... I'm just thinking June was such a crappy month for me, but look and at yeah. the good books I read. <laughs> that makes up for everything, For right? everything, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so what am I reading next? Because uh, I really want to read Rabbit Cake, but I also really want to read um, that short one that you're. Read the about. short one. I'll okay. bring it. I'll bring it this week when you are you working Saturday. Yeah, I'll bring Saturday. it Saturday. Um, because you'll love it and you'll fly through it. You'll. It's so good. Good. I okay. hope. I hope I'm not wrong. I feel I'm like sure I'm you're not. You... Like I'm, I'm raving about it so much. I'm like, oh no, maybe he'll hate it. Um, and one that I'm looking forward to. Speaking of book in the month club, I think it comes out in October with the new Jennifer Egan novel, Manhattan Beach. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, you haven't read Visit from the Goon Squad yet. I know. Let's um, bring that up again. Your please. eternal shame. <laughs> um, but I loved that book, so I'm really excited for the new one. Oh, good. Uh, maybe we can get you an ARC. I'm hoping. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, find us on social media. Yeah. Um, another thing you can do is leave us reviews. Yes. Um, we asked you last week to start giving us some more reviews on iTunes and on Stitcher, and we got... We got quite a few. You guys are great. We're trying to get up to 150 reviews and ratings on iTunes. Um, I think we're about 40, no, less than that, 30-something mm -hmm. away. Yeah. Um, we can do it. We can absolutely do it, and 150th review is going to get a little prize package from us. Um, we are brand new on Stitcher, only about three or four weeks, I think, um, and so we only have one or two reviews right now. Uh, I would love to get that up to 25 oh, that's as soon goal. as we can, right? Um, so please do that. Please follow us on social media at Bookshelf Tifa. We're pretty active on Instagram and we're fun on there too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. We have stories. Um, I, I look at our Instagram all the time and many of you follow our personal Instagrams, which I'm never going to not think is weird, but it's fine. I don't mind. It's so good, but it is so different. It's just like, oh, these random people are liking this picture of me on the beach, but okay. Um, it was a good picture. It, yeah, thank you. Um, it's... <laughs> It's very nice, and I enjoy it. I'm just not used to it yet. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Uh, 
What else? You can find full episodes of From the Front Porch, as Chris said, on Stitcher, also on iTunes, or on the store website, if you're old school like my mom, um, bookshelfthomasville.com, where you also can shop with us. So if Mm -hmm. you need a bookshelf t-shirt or one of the books you've heard us talk about in this episode, one that is already released. Which is only like three of them. (laughs) Um, You can find those on our store website. That's bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.